Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Go. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Uh, let's head straight down to the pit lane and pick up uh, some of the uh, some of the atmosphere. The cars are coming into pit lane. Uh, Joe Bradley and Nick Damon are down there. Good morning. Oh, sorry, Shay Adam is still down there. Shay, good afternoon. Hi. Yes, I'm still basking in the sunshine, although it has warmed up a little bit. Um, I'll be with you for the first half of this session, John. Which end would you like me to go to, pit uh, in or pit out? Um, I I actually think we need you by, by the GTP cars. Because, GTP, copy. Um, because they've, they've not been, some of them have still not been running, and we need your investigative skills and uh, to use all facilities at your disposal to try and get some answers about what was happening with the Porsche last uh, last last session Nick thought that might have been a power steering pump the BMW number 25 had a misfire see if okay. they've got that all uh, sorted out and then the number that was so that was number 7 Porsche the number 6 Porsche also had some issues as well so oh, no. I think it's um, I think it's it, we need a little more um, investigation. Okay. I can tell you that uh, Faf Motorsports have put out a uh, statement, statement that says a limited amount of running for them in the official practice sessions leading up to the race. They say much has been written and said about the lack of pace shown by the Porsches at Daytona this past week. This is by no means a show of displeasure towards IMSA or their BOP process. We have confidence in that process. This decision was made to ensure we have a car and components in appropriate condition to start the race. Our main goal will be to survive and gain places through the attrition of our competitors. We thank you for your loyal support. We'll fight hard with what we have come race day. Exactly what you would expect from FAF, to be honest. Uh, It's a lack of top speed that the Porsche runners are talking about. 14 miles an hour uh, was the deficit coming down uh, through the trioval into turn one in the long run from out of turn seven, the Le Mans chicane. So uh, that that is uh, what uh, the all the Porsche runners uh, have been experiencing. The Ferraris haven't been quite as quick as they were hoping as well. These are brand new cars. There is a limited amount of data. IMSA are gathering data by the giggle bit um, <laughs> basically every session um, so they'll be looking at that and the technical team um, as Fafa said they have complete confidence in them and it will be looked at I'm sure as an ongoing process where are you Shay? I'm next to the number 6 Porsche, uh, it's one of the ones that you asked about and John you said that this is the weird session correct? 
Uh, is, yes, I did. All right. So I'm a little confused as to why Matthew Jaminet is already seated behind the wheel of the number six Porsche. If he still has at least, what, 20 minutes before he gets to see a green flag. And they are closing the left side door. And now the right side door as well, even though the data cable's still plugged in. Nifty that they have enough space to be able to have the cable come back out through the roof. Um, so that's interesting. But this car is ready to go. The engine cover was off. They were tightening up some suspension components on the left-hand side. But this car already ready to rock and roll, if you will. If this is the weird session, that means that we are going to have the first 15 minutes of track running for all of the GTD LMP3 and LMP2 cars only, with the last 15 minutes reserved for the GTD Pro and the GTP runners only. So in essence, the uh, non-pro classes get 15 minutes themselves, and then the pro classes get 15 minutes themselves, and everybody gets the same amount of track time. Thank you, Shea. Joe Bradley is the other voice you'll hear in this session. Good afternoon, Joseph. Afternoon, John. Afternoon, everybody. A beautiful weather down here. It is absolutely perfect. It's, it's chilly, apparently. Hot. Shea says it's chilly. It's so does Jeremy. Never take any notice of Shea. She has clearly got clear water for blood. <laughs> it is a beautiful day, and it's perfect because it's not too cold, and more importantly, it's not too hot. And it's um, looking at the forecast... Just right. It's perfect, honestly. It's not going to take too much out the drivers or the tyres or anything. And the, the, I think the most important thing is that the forecast for the weekend is going to be around about this kind of temperature. I think it's about 22, 23 at the moment. Depends what app you use, of course. Well, air temperature at the moment is 18 Celsius. Track temperature is 40. So that's 104 on the track and 64 in the air. 18 Celsius is a summer day where we're from, Joe, isn't Yes, it? absolutely. We'd be poolside. It's a heat wave where Peter is from. Poolside. You bet it is. I've, I had to go and buy a cap. And my my uh, unadvancing hairline was getting burnt at the golf buggy. Yeah. yeah I mean, 18 <laughs> degrees where Peter's from. That, you know, people stay indoors at that point. Yeah. 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 It's not happening. <laughs> Orange weather warning. Uh, We'll get back to our pit lane reporters in a little while. The number 62, Risi Ferrari, uh, sitting on the pit lane. I love the rear three quarters of that car. 250p. That's For me, that is a 250p. And the, the, the back end of it, the way it sits in there. That, put that car out on the streets for the millimilia, squint the eyes and, and photograph it in black and white. That would be right there, right in the mid-1960s. Great bit of styling there. Jeremy, you've, you've been looking at some of the times. We talked about that faff uh, statement a moment or two ago. All the Porsches have been running in the same sort of, uh, of times on the same sort of areas of the... Uh, of the uh, of the timing screen, so either they're very good at coordinating things, or that is as fast as those cars go. Well, he, he, so here's the thing: uh, last year, last year's car was running exactly the same weight as the current car. Yeah. The new car has a bigger engine, 4.2 liters. Correct. Uh, it's running the same, the same weight, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all of a sudden slower on a straight line. So, as therefore Porsche's new car is. Is is slower than the old one? Is it? Well, that's interesting. It, it's 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 wider and has different aero. It's a right. completely different shape yes. car. Remember, so yes. it's nine nine two body shape. So it's it's much wider at the front. So people are going to go out and buy old cars then. Well, <laughs> it depends what BOP they <laughs> get to uh, run them. Uh, it was the twenty five BMW, Shea Adam, that had the misfire in the first session today. 
Uh, well, then that BMW engine is not the one that you were looking for because that belongs to the 24. I walked around to try and find our errant cars in the garages. We are still missing the 10. Konica Minolta Acura is not yet on the pit lane. Uh, neither is the 25 BMW. And uh, what's the other GTP car that we are missing? Oh, yes, the 01 Cadillac has not appeared. Neither has the six, uh, 7 Porsche. So we are still missing a few of those. But again, we got 15 minutes before they see a green flag. So I will walk back down when the uh, go time is good for them. We were just talking about Porsche, and, uh, and maybe I said it three times and clicked my heels together because Thomas Loudenbach, he's the man at the head of Porsche Motorsport, has joined us on the fifth floor in the IMSA Radio booth. First of all, Happy New Year because I haven't seen you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm great. Thank you very much. Um, we were, I'm going to hit you with a hard question straight away. Brand new car. The 992 body shape uh, GT3 machine, um, it's the same weight, it's got a bigger engine, it's not going as quickly as the old car. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what's happening here in terms of all of your customers who are all pretty much exactly the same pace on the timing and scoring screen. Yeah, well, uh, I would say it is a great car. Nevertheless, we are off pace here. That's clear. I think we all see that. Um, we got some, some different um, boundary conditions um, to the old car. So um, so this is the shape of the body is completely different because it's a new evolution of the car. It's the 992, yep. not the 991.2. So oh, different aero is what we're talking about. And it, it moves through the air differently? Um, yeah, it is a different aero. But um, I would say there's always a big, also a difference uh, in, the, in the boundary conditions we got from the authorities. So we have a smaller restrictor here. So that has also an ah. influence. So I think a lot of things are coming together here. Um, let me put it this way. I hope that uh, we have managed to get that right um, towards the race because um, right now we are too far off and we want to give all our customers the possibility to fight for the victory in the end. Is it just the top speed that is the problem? Because I've seen some figures that would suggest you anything between 10, 12, 14 miles per hour off the pace coming down underneath us here down into Turn 1. Uh, at, least, at least the top speed is for sure one of the points. Uh, which is related to many parameters, for sure. And um, it would help a lot if we can increase that one, for okay. sure. And that's not just a, as simple as rolling off the rear wing, Thomas? Uh, no, this is something we, we just, because obviously you influence a lot of things with pulling down the rear wing. Yes, it helps you to reduce drag, no yes. question, but it has an influence on many things on the car. You know, it, it, it affects the balance and, and the handling of the car, so it's not like just put the rear wing down. Uh, cars are out on the track and we'll keep an eye on, on what's going on in this early yep. part of the session um, a lot of carryover from the RSR into this new GT3 the engine for sure is, is the same capacity so that's come, come over from the RSR um, the capacity has come over from the RSR that's, <laughs> <laughs> that is correct it's, it's not exactly the engine no. okay so a, a different state of tune or a different way that the engine uh, the engine works within within yeah. the um, within the installation because it, it, it's conventionally for a 911 placed with the gearbox, whereas it was swapped round with the RSR. Of course, it, it's still a rear-mounted engine. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is right. Different to the RSR, yeah. as you know. So no, it's not exactly the same engine. Of course, we always try to carry over some parts to make it the best combination we can do. Capacity is higher, but it's it's not it's not exactly the same. Uh, and looking at it and, and reading in race car engineering thank you Andrew Cotton 
you've tilted the engine and the gearbox a little bit. Is, is that to to help with the the aero underneath the back of the car? It, that's that's one of the aspects we did follow. Um, as you know, I mean, the, the GT3R. The GT3R is in place for a long time. It's a new generation now, so it's more about, you know, really modifying little things and pieces. And in the end, it's always the package, the, the, the overall system that you try to get the best possible way, that you try to, to work the way you want it. So it's never just, just a single piece. It's never just a single parameter you, you tune to it. You guys at Weissach, at Porsche Motorsport, have been very busy over the, the last uh, 12, 18 months or so with all the new work that's coming. We'll ask you a little bit about that in just a few moments' time. We'll check the times in a moment, but let's go down to Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Thomas Loudon back here in the studio. You've got Shelton Fonderlinda. Down in BMW World with uh, Sheldon, as you rightly say. And we were just talking about the fact this is the first time you'll have ever raced a prototype. Is it a lot easier when you can just focus forward? Um, that's what I thought in the beginning, actually, but it's pretty much the opposite. Um, you've got so many, so many more opportunities now to obviously overtake cars, and um, the braking system on these new LMDH cars are not so easy. So um, you've obviously got the hybrid system as well, um, and it's a bit of a different style in the braking, so you don't always have that full confidence to kind of attack, and um, you always have in the back of your mind that if you lock up, you probably hit a GD car and, and take him out of the race. So uh, that's a bit different for me to get to grips with, but um, other than that, really enjoying it so far. Um, it's a completely different challenge, like I said, and uh, yeah, let's see how we go. Coming out of a championship that you've just won, DTM, where all the cars are the same, how refreshing is it to come back to IMSA with multi-class racing? Yeah, it's so different. It's so different. I mean, I did Daytona last year in the GTD Pro car, um, but every year you come back here, yeah, for me it's a highlight of the season to kind of come back at Daytona and race against so many different classes. Um, you've got LMP3 as well, which kind of throws a span in the works. Um, so, yeah, super exciting to be back in Daytona as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to finally getting on the podium. We missed it in 2018 with uh, Monteblast by land. By We were pretty much leading. We got the penalty. So uh, that's a bit of uh, a box to tick still is kind of get the Rolex. Yeah, still a bit of unfinished business there. I see you're in your fire suit. You're ready to go for this session. Are you waiting for that last 15 minutes where it will just be the pro cars on class? Is that going to be the ideal session? No, I think for us the focus is a bit more on long runs, um, especially this weekend. Obviously qualifying is done already, so I haven't really got a lot of running in, in the raw last weekend, so I'm going to try and get a long run in. I missed the last private test we did. I was sick, unfortunately, so for me it's just about getting laps in the car and just getting to know all the systems. It's changed a lot over the last few weeks, so uh, for me it's just driving time at the moment. And all good with the car after the troubles in the morning session? Yeah, the car's good again. Connor did three or four laps at the end of FP1, so everything seems to be sorted. And, uh, yeah, let's see if it runs now. Good luck, Sheldon. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Shit, Adam down in the pit lane. Time's coming in. This is the early part of the session. We'll release everybody else uh, in uh, about uh, 10 minutes, just under that time. Raffaella Marciello for high-class racing, running a different colour scheme this year, not the plain red and white as it was last year. That Orica is top of the shop from PR1, the number 52 car. They were quickest this morning, the wins car. And Mathieu Vaxvier, EF Corsa, the number 88. They found a lot of time this morning in that car. It's Matthew Bell, that's uh, Newcastle Matthew Bell in the AWA number 13. Uh, Nico Pino in the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33. He captured pole position last weekend. And then the uh, Riley Ranch 74, Glenn von Berlo uh, in the Leisure. Best of Duquesne's in LMP3 is Nick Buller in the 
Pool in the Fast MD Racing and times changing all the time as Nicolas Lapierre goes to the PR1 Matheson car. Matt Bell goes even quicker in the AWA. And in GTD, it is Mikhail Grenier for Team Kortoff in the AMG GT3 who leads out. Remember, no pro cars out quite yet. Nicky team for Magnus Racing. He is the pro in that number 44, Aston Martin. And third, Ryan Briscoe for Racers Edge in the Acura. Uh, that's just a endurance, Michelin Endurance Cup car. The 66 gradient, the JG Wentworth green and white car is a full season car. Uh, Thomas Lambach with us. We'll see the GTPs roll into action um, in a moment. It's going to be the two mats, Campbell and Jaminer, who'll take the new 963s out. Um, we didn't see... We haven't seen everybody, all of the manufacturers, so I'm not I'm not picking on you, <laughs> but it doesn't seem that any of the GTD cars have run faultlessly over the, the Raw weekend or, or even this weekend. I think you had a wheel-bearing problem on one of the cars. Was it a power steering pump issue for one of the cars this morning? There was a, something going on in the front end. You mean with 963? Yeah. Uh, we had, a, we had a, let's say, a strange reading on the brakes, and we wanted just to be on the safe All side, right. not to risk anything. But it's solved by now. I mean, the car went out in the first session, I think, just for one or two laps. So it's sorted now, so should be fine. It's incredible for me to think. You were the first guys out with this GTD. You did a lot of the early running and the proving of, uh, of the, particularly the hybrid components, on behalf of everyone else. First of all, that's incredible that manufacturers have, have been cooperating together I've not seen that before have you no I think that that's really new but I think that's the only way to do it I mean it, it's some kind of spec part we all have a, a huge interest in getting that right together with him together with a parts manufacturer so with a supplier for the for the spec parts and yes I think the team and I have to say the Porsche Kapensky Motorsport team has done a great job in really putting a lot of effort into that and now seeing where we are seeing these cars on the track uh, really doing proper lap times, doing long runs and everything. That's great to see. And when did that 963 roll for the first time? About this time last year? A little bit uh, if, I, if I remember it right, yes, just just about this so time. That's, I mean, that's incredible. A yeah. year and you're coming into a 24-hour race. Yeah. Some of the other manufacturers were on the track much later in the year. Yeah. So we were happy to help them. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you were. It Was that enough time? to put all these pieces together for you and the other manufacturers because it's not as if Porsche or Cadillac or Acura or BMW have designed in in total the driveline of these cars. You, you've been told what bits you've got to use and then you've had to integrate them. Was that easier or harder than doing a project like, say, the, the 919 was? I would say it's a bit more difficult to what we are used because normally we're used to design the whole car, to design yeah. all the components. Um, and, and so therefore for us, let me put it this way, it was a new approach. Yeah. So we, ha we had to do it in a different way and we had to learn our lesson, no question about that. But uh, I think if we look at the results, we can all be proud of what we see today. But yes, it was different and it was a challenge are at a certain time. Are you surprised at how quick all of these cars have been so quick so quickly and so early in their development that you're already lapping uh, at the weekend 
at the sort of speeds as the high-class racing cars just had a spin oh, yeah. coming out of turn uh, number numbers one and two, but uh, didn't get picked up by anybody. That's good news. Uh, already at the pace that the previous DPIs were after six years of development. All right, th that's one lap, and, uh, and you'll tell me that's one lap. That's not yeah. a 24-hour race. But if we, if you look at the, the performance over a single lap, yes, I mean, we are clearly at a very good stage, no question. Um, no, I wouldn't say I, I was surprised, because don't forget, I mean, look at the way we have Cadillac and we have Acura and we have BMW in us. So all brands know how to do motorsport, having a lot of experience. And I guess everybody carried his experience from other classes, from other programs, like some of them DPI, for us with the LMP1. We really transferred that into the cars that we see on the track here. So, no, I wasn't surprised at all. But you're absolutely right. It's a different story about doing a, a, a fast lap, a single lap, and doing a 24-hour race. So that's still to come. Uh, uh, is the GTP, is the 963, are you doing performance-based changes on that car? Are you still getting to know the car? Where do you feel you are as we head into the 61st running of the Rolex 24 hours? Um, I mean, we're still working on the performance. We are still working on drivability. It's still a new car, and I'm sure it's it's the same for all the manufacturers here. And we will still try to improve. But yes, if you think about the 24-hour race, uh, I think that the biggest point will be reliability. Do we come through the race without problems? Drivability, handling the tires well. So there are many things to do. So it's not only improving a single lap time, for sure not. It's about consistency. It's about handling. All of the manufacturers have had issues with global supply problems. That has particularly affected you at Porsche because of your customer program for the 963. How's that looking now? I know you were targeting the end of April to get the cars, the, the, the 963s, out to the customers. Is that still realistic, Thomas? I, th I think I heard you say that that's what you were targeting, but that might still be a little bit ambitious. Yeah, no, but this is still the case. We are still heading for end of April. And I'm confident that uh, we will we'll reach our target. And yes, we have a high interest in providing these cars to our customers. I mean, right now we are the only manufacturer to provide customer cars. But as you know, I mean, that, that, that's, yeah, that's in our DNA. That's something that we have done in the past. And that was from the beginning a part of the program. So um, we would have loved to provide the cars right from the first race. That was not possible due to many reasons. But um, I, I look at it very positive because we still managed to provide cars in the first year, which is great. In, in hindsight, was that possibly a, a little bit too ambitious to say, yes, we're going to do it in the first year? <laughs> He's smiling, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going to punch <laughs> me. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no. Um, I wouldn't say it was too ambitious, but it was ambitious. And it is an additional effort. But as I said, that was from the first moment when we took the decision to go into these LMDH car, it was included. So we were targeting that one. And uh, looking into the future, I think it will be great if we see more customer cars and we will have a, a really a packed field of, of prototypes. Um, that's what I'm really looking for. G given the complexity of these cars and, and they are, the fact that they are so new, how much support is is Vysak, is Porsche customer racing going to be able to give, going to have to give to the customers when they get their cars 
late April, early May. Yeah. So the support will not start when we provide the cars. It has already started. So we give all the information that we have. We give already to customer teams. We invite them to Visa. We invite them to to join when we assemble the car. So we do everything in advance. You know that they learn the car, and then of course once they have the car, they will get all the support that they can race them properly. Because our interest is to see as many Porsches as we can, of course, in the front. Yeah, the so same that's, as, your whole, G- that's racing, the same you know? as your GT program. You built that right. from your GT program, which you go all the way back to 956s, 917s. And is that what we're looking to replicate here, Thomas, in the next few years? Is, is that what we're kind of looking at, those kind of halcyon days for Porsche customer racing? I mean, in some way, yes. Obviously, different cars, different technology, you know, many years later. But in the end, yes, that's what we're looking for. It's, it's, it's about, of course, having our own team with, with Pentagon together, uh, where we want to show the ability of the car. But at the same time, we want to provide a fast car. At the same time, we want to do everything to get a customer team into a position to win races. That is clearly the goal. And um, yes, and I think that is exactly the part where we say, this is what we've done in the past, and this is what we want to do in the future. That is the Porsche DNA. Racing is the Porsche DNA. Respecting the past and looking forward and breaking new ground in the future. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, I very often have meetings with my managing board. And the nice thing about our company is there is never questioned that motorsport is a part of the company, is a part of our DNA. It's never questioned, and that's great. So, um, so that I'm really, really proud to work for this company, and, and, and it's great you know, to have the opportunity to do so. Um, two, two final questions um, for you. Um, one you might not be able to answer or might not want to answer, and the other one you probably won't want to answer, but I'm going to <laughs> I'm ask gonna you. tell you. Anyway, okay, <laughs> so we'll give, it, we'll give it a go. We've just got a problem out on the circuits. Oh, yeah. Is that the 70 car, uh, the uh, 85 car? Uh, no, it isn't. It is no. the 13, uh, the bright yellow and black prototype. Uh, and it is green for the GTP cars, and Thomas was looking anxiously over my left shoulder to make sure both the 7 and the 6 went out and they did exactly yeah. as expected alright early days for these cars as, we, as we've said how much quicker can they go I mean how much performance is left to unlock Oh, that, that's really difficult to say I think from, from where we are now there will still be improvement by learning the car by handling the tyres by getting the little bits and pieces right set up and everything so it's always you know the sum of, of many 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 points so um, it's, it's difficult really to tell a figure mm-hmm. but I think we will see slight improvements over the next weeks and months and the other thing that I, 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 I didn't expect to get that much to be honest so yeah. thank you for being this, so kind but this is not only for Porsche this is no. for everybody because indeed you know new cars yes. so this, there was always a kind of learning curve to handle it uh, and uh, and as a sort of supplementary to that this car's also got to do duty in the WEC against purpose built prototypes as we were talking about early on how confident are you that this car will be able to compete the old DPIs were uh, as quick if not quicker than the, 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 the previous iterations of LMH, these cars have, have already shown that speed, so you must be pretty confident that you will be able to compete. Yeah, well, at least we hope so. Um, we have different concepts, that's mm-hmm. no question, and um, I think the situation is right now that 
in some way we got to trust the sanctioning bodies that they get it right because there will there will be some balancing in order to give everybody the chance to win races uh, we are in a very close contact with IMSA with ACO with the FAA and so but I think everybody together has done everything to get that right we still have to prove that it works but I'm confident and, and there is trust I, I think there was eight tenths between all the cars last weekend yes. uh, was that a surprise to you? Um, no and, and look at it, if you look at this set of rules that we have in place and look at the fact that we will all be racing with the same parameters so there will be no adjustments, mm -hmm. I think it's great to see that IMSA has created a formula where everybody is that close and, and, and so I think these are the, the perfect conditions to provide exciting racing. Yeah. So I think from what I've seen so far, the plans and the ambitions of the IMSA are going to the right direction. Uh, and, and, and from what I've seen, that that is not a... I've seen much weightier technical rule books in the past. There's, <laughs> you know, there's engine power, obviously. You know what that is. You know what the hybrid power is. You know what the air rule rules are. And that's very closely looked at. But we're not talking about 300 pages of technical regulations here. No. Um, I mean, there are some spec parts there are some rules in place there is there is a, some you know some given power but there is still enough room for all the competitors really to make a difference but it's a little things it's it's really about doing a perfect job at the track race preparation um, control systems everything so it's it's always the result of many 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 little things so I really do like the formula because it still gives you the possibility to make a difference and at the same time and let me let me say that at the same time I think a set of rules that gives the possibility to also do it in a in a sustainable way concerning the financial side yes we shouldn't forget that yes it, it, indeed so um, Porsche Motorsport more generally is the last question I want to ask. First of all, congratulations. The 99X wins uh, in Formula E uh, at the weekend. Formula One has been talked about. Uh, it's sort of got a little bit quieter on, on that at the moment. Is that still being considered by Porsche Motorsport? Is that a, a, a decision for the higher ups at, at Porsche and possibly VAG board level? So right now we really concentrate on the programs that we have in place. Um, that is what we do here. That is WAC. That is Formula E. And one other thing, don't forget, one huge part of Porsche Motorsport is customer sport. Starting from club sport level, one make series, GT3R. So that's what we concentrate on. And there is enough to do. We are really busy right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to make a comment on that because I, I think a lot of people's ears will have pricked up about that. Thomas, thank you very much for coming in. I know how busy you are. Um, you're very welcome here at any time. C come, during the, come during the night in the race because the view from here is pretty spectacular. I'm happy to do so and thank you very much for having me and uh, for the opportunity. Always a pleasure, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah. And I have got Watch Envy as well. <laughs> He's got a watch on that isn't even out yet and I'm a yeah. big Tag Heuer fan. Yeah. But that, that's, yeah. that's too lovely. You can have a picture of this. Uh, that, that's all. <laughs> is, is, that like, is that like some non-frangible token? NFT? I'll have an NFT uh, yeah, on uh, my uh, phone. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, it could be. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Thomas Loudback. He's uh, been with us here in the studio. We've got all the cars out now, Jeremy, and times are starting to come in.
um, with uh, Matthew Jaminier on top of the pile with the Porsche 963. Uh, just been demoted, actually, by half of a tenth of a second. Very tight again at the sharp end of the uh, prototype field. Just uh, a tenth and a half between the top three as Richard Westbrook goes to ca- Cadillac, Cadillac, Porsche, BMW, Acura for the top five. Very impressive there, Jeremy. Turn yourself on, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, not bad, is it? The, the fastest time this morning was a, well, in qualifying, I should say, was a 134.0. The fastest time this morning was uh, 35. What? Yeah, yeah, page. Uh, so, but, but, yeah, 35. Right, you're right away down into the 35s mm. in this session. Just, uh, you know, just you know, a couple of flying laps, uh, and particularly it's relatively cool out there as well. So, I think that but that bodes well for for uh, for what we expect to see uh, through the weekend. 35.3 was the fastest uh, this morning. That was uh, Philip Albuquerque, I think, in the number 10 Konica Minolta Acura, uh, and 35.8 now for Richard Westbrook. That's the number zero two. Cadillac Racing entry. Uh, we'll discuss what Thomas Loudenbach said in a moment because Peter uh, Mackay, uh, his eyebrows nearly went through the roof at the, uh, uh, the, the some of the comments that Thomas had there. Let's uh, pick up some interviews from down in the pit lane. Joe Bradley's in GTD with the car and the driver who was fastest in this morning session. Team TGM Aston Martin with TF Sports, Tom, Tom Furrier and Owen Trinkler. That's quite a collaboration, isn't it, when you say it like that? At the number 64, Aston Martin was quickest this morning, Owen Trinkler. Owen, you being fastest this morning has obviously earned you the afternoon off because here you are in your, let's call them civvies, um, and sort of taking on what? It was a bit of a sort of mentor role this afternoon? Yeah, just trying to get Ted, Hugh, and Matt cycled through the car a little bit. The boys at TF are working on the car a little bit in the garage. We're just making some changes coming into this practice, so that's why we're not out yet. But Matt's... uh, as we speak right now, Matt's on his way back to the garage to get in. And, yeah, it was already in our plan. I was going to run this morning and take the afternoon off. I didn't do, I, I don't do qualifying in the GT4 car. Boss man that's sitting to the right of me, Ted, did that. And uh, I'll be back at work tonight, working on the setup, trying to get the car really good at nighttime here and see if we can go get this Rolex. So let's just say that again. You were quickest in this morning's session, and yet you guys are still searching for something. The team is still working on setup. So what... What did you not like about being fastest then? What were you changing? Uh, you're always trying to work and be better. And, uh, I mean, really for me, I'm just trying to learn the car and learn the, the, the boys here at uh, Tom Ferrier Motorsports at TF Motorsport. They've done a great job. I mean, maybe the sixth time I've been in the car now or fifth. And so I'm learning something every time I get in it. When uh, John, our engineer here, we're working really good together. And uh, we got some stuff we're going to try tonight. So, hey, you, you, you never quit. Uh, pushing hard this is probably the best chance i've ever had to to win a rolex and uh we're gonna fight and we're gonna dig really hard to try to get that on sunday i'm sure you will mate thanks for joining us uncharacteristic area by nico lapierre in the number 52 orica that's the winds colored car just ran off the circuit on the exit of the le mans chicane he has pulled that car into a into the pits for a check after that. He is quickest in that class, in fairness, Jeremy, so he, yeah. he was pushing. I was just glancing across to see if the wind was at the tail of those cars in that area. And there's another spin down at Turn 1. That's the uh, brightly coloured 
silver and black number 88 prototype and yeah, that is the AF Corsa machine that he shares with Max, Mathieu Vaxvier, Julien Canal and Nicholas Nelson. Nielsen, excuse me. Julien driving. That was Julien driving, was it? Mm, just one lost of the most the, experienced guys there is. He just yeah. lost the back end there, um, partway through the corner. That was a very interesting one. No, he, he didn't jump on the brake from flat spot the tyres too much. Let's have a look at some other times uh, as they come in six seven gtps at the top of the standings which is the one that's out of kilgar it's the zero one which is the yellow fronted cadillac racing machine the chip ganassi run car scott dixon out in that car at the moment jeremy in 16th position yeah just completed his third lap uh, so only only two flying laps oh, well, he's just been <laughs> as i say as his fourth one uh, is up in up into the realm now 37 7 for Dixie on that last lap uh, so we've now got the eight prototypes at the front the only one who's not yet set a time is Colin Brown in the number 60 car who's just gone out of the pit lane no problem for that car yeah. uh, says Shear they just took their time there is the 85 a couple of in and outs I think at the car right. start. the 85 car has had a spin that's the one with my other cars and Porsche on the side this is the JDC car well as we just heard Thomas Loudenbach end of April beginning of May that again was down at turn one for the JDC car and who was behind the wheel of that one that was Till Bechtelsheimer getting his first taste of prototype driving had a couple of stints last weekend just on the transition down through turn one actually he was about half a car's width maybe a full car's width too wide tried to let it run through but then, then just half spin there, Peter. Yeah, Till Bechtelsheimer, of course, the new owner of Lola in the UK. It's great to see Lola getting someone like Till, who's an enthusiast behind the brand and hopefully bringing them back to competition and other things. So maybe maybe this is a research trip. <laughs> Having it's a look right, at the competition, it's the right class. Right colour. For Lola, Lola yes. Yeah. Yellow, yes, yeah. yes. I could just see a JCB logo on that, on that yellow uh, LMPC. You've yeah. driven that car. Uh, that was the Chevron. I shouldn't have driven the Chevron B8, the, uh, the Le Mans car. Uh, I won't say I ro- raced it. I was in a race. I did drive the car. And it came back the way I took it out. That's the, the, that's the most important thing. And I wasn't last. Uh, Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. Uh, so no problems for the MSR number 60. Just went out a little bit late. Shay, uh, where have you uh, wandered down to now? Just a couple garages down uh, to the Racer's Edge pit box and found Ryan Briscoe. Now, you are sandwiched in between your two families. You've got Chip Ganassi racing on one side. you got Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport on the other. This has to feel like home, coming back here to IMSA and finding yourself with a new team, but surrounded by familiar faces. It's great, yeah. I'm just so excited to be here with... Uh, with Racers Edge Motorsports, and um, you know we've got a really good little rocket ship here. So uh, so far we've just been running nice and smooth. Kyle did an awesome job in qualifying to get us P4 uh, for the big race, and uh, we're just trying to do a bit more fine tuning on the setup now. But um, yeah, you know I just uh, it's so great to be back here in Daytona. I missed it last year, and uh, you just can't take any drive for granted. And uh, I think. You know, with, with my teammates and uh, the support of Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti, you know, we've got a real shot at, uh, you know, being at the podium on Sunday afternoon. So that's our goal. Um, 
it's going to be a tough race, a long, tough race, like it always is. But uh, yeah, I just uh, did a bunch of laps now and just love it so much. I love being here, so uh, it's great. We've known you in IMSA through the prototype class, finished second in that championship, through GTLM, second in that championship as well. GTD, whole new experience. What's that been like? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's um, it's a tough field. Like, it's so competitive. Uh, you know, and the cars are a bit different. For me, it's like getting used to ABS brakes, um, trusting the brakes that you can really just stand on them. Uh, I think I still sort of drive the car a little bit like it doesn't have ABS, but... Uh, I'm creeping up on it and learning from my teammates and um, feel like, you know, I just feel really comfortable in the car and the pace is good. So, you know, we just got to keep it nice and smooth, uh, you know, do all the simple things right and try to stay out of trouble. It's great to see you back in this paddock. And of course, next pit box over is Westy. How nice is it to be around Rick again? And I gotta ask, if it if it's gonna come down to it, you gonna help him with his race? He gonna help you with yours? <laughs> I mean, if it comes down to it, you know, I'll do anything for my brother Westy. Um, no, it's great to see him. You know, we had so many good years together um, from from Ford Chip Ganassi Racing to the Glickenhaus uh, Hypercar Program, and uh, you know, it's great catching up with him and so so many other friends here in Daytona. It's always a, a big reunion here. The biggest. Uh, race to start the year off and uh, everyone from all categories seem to show up here in Daytona so it's always a lot of fun for that reason too. We've got the red flag out as the 85 has come to a stop on track again it's the LMP3 car from JDC Miller Motorsport. Ryan thanks for the chat we'll chat with you a bunch more this week I'm sure good luck and enjoy it. Thank you very much. Yeah, rather a lurid spin to the infield for Till Bechtelsheimer in that car. I wonder if maybe he did flat spot a tyre and that's given up there because the car, Peter Mackay, seemed to snap sideways on him at uh, a very odd part of the circuit. He might have just been uh, on the brakes, but he's just really coming out of speedway turn two. I, I don't think he would have been on the brakes at that point? No, it does seem a bit peculiar. Something's afoot here, possibly. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it, the one thing for Till, you know, as, as, as we've talked about uh, throughout the week, this is his first kind of run in a prototype, maybe a little bit rusty there. And, uh, you know, this won't help his confidence at this stage. You want to have good, solid running. And this isn't great for the JDC team, but you can be sure that they'll, be, uh, they'll do everything they can to, to bounce back. Just uh, you were listening intently to what Thomas Loudenbach uh, said there. Uh, obviously, this is one of the teams who's waiting for a 963-963 uh, from them. Uh, that will push them well into the IMSA season. But a, a big undertaking from Porsche with a, a new car that isn't completely of their own design and build to even commit to customer cars. You know your Porsche history very well. Uh, to even commit to customer cars in the first year, they are the only one of the current four manufacturers of GTPs who have even done that. It is. I think the, the one thing that Porsche have always done is is they, they, they like win-wins. That was Dr. Wiedeking's thing when he was, when he was in, in power, you know. And, you know, they, they like to, to do things that are, you know, are efficient and that make sense for a wide, wide and long-term uh, project, if you like. And uh, I think what, what they're doing is, is really admirable to get so many prototypes. But one thing that stood out to me there from what Thomas was saying, he not only believes in the project from his own company, he believes in what it means for the sport as a whole, the uh, the outcome of how well GTP the better GTP does the better it makes sense for for Porsche or for any other manufacturer taking part for that matter.
and people in the same position at Cadillac, at BMW and at Acura will tell you exactly the same thing, that collegiate way they worked Mm. early on. Um, And uh, David Salter, I think, said to me, he's the man at the head of HPD, he said, uh, it was this way or no way uh, in in terms of moving the sport on and bringing Porsche back is is an added bonus. It looks like all of the Michelin tyres have got air in for Till Bechtelstein. Final thought about what Thomas Loudenbach said. Uh, they are focused on the programmes that they are doing at the moment. Well, uh, that, that's... I hope Chris Medland uh, is listening. Uh, well, Hello, Chris. Of, of course, you know, the, the F1 was a, a big thing for Porsche. Porsche flirted with, with Grand Prix racing only briefly in their 75-year history. And it's never been the win-win like, say, the 962. Uh, was like for example you look at the 962 sports Mm. car it completely defined the gtp era especially here at daytona five wins at daytona and it could be you know they sold well over 100 of them to private owners and and private race teams f1 is a different picture and it's all-encompassing you you like it's different now it's it's focus isn't it and it's different very different now as it used to be even just four or five years ago it would take up the whole picture well look what's happened to audi you know, uh, and a, yeah. a sister, <laughs> or at least a, 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 a companion company, a family company to Porsche. Uh, we, we don't normally think, Jeremy, of Porsches in, in single seat. It's obviously Dan Gurney won a race in the 60s at Spa with a with a Porsche Formula 1. You've driven a Porsche engine IndyCar, have you? Yeah, I did. What? Yeah, that was, what? Uh, that was a thrill, yeah. I went to the Nürburgring to do it. Long time ago now. Though. You definitely win the understatement of 2023, Jeremy Shaw. That was quite exciting. Yeah, it was. It was great. <laughs> How many laps did you get? Uh, ten, ten or so, ten or twelve. Worth the trip then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a last-minute deal, but uh, it was a heck of a trip, heck of a experience that was. Yeah, first that was the first Porsche I'd ever driven. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. In fact, actually, I think it still remains the only Porsche I've ever driven. You're actually. kidding? Really? Oh, I think you have to keep it that way, Jeremy, because oh, that is just that so cool. That, yeah. that oh. Jeremy Shaw, have you ever driven a Porsche? Yes. Yeah, yes. How was it? The Nürburgring. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, 911, was it? No, 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 no. no. IndyCar. Oh, my goodness, mate. 89P. We, we are not worthy to be no, in your company. <laughs> we are not. We're back to green flag. Right. See? It doesn't matter what we and do, the Peter. First, the first time I hit the brakes, I had to accelerate to get to the corner again. Oh, I've done that so <laughs> many times. I've done that with GT3 cars, Jeremy. Never mind. Uh, well, because there's so. Uh, and it doesn't matter what what we say, we will not top that, will we? No chance. Well, I was going to say that if it makes you feel better, Patrick Long did that in the first run in the RS Spider. He said it was just such a, yeah. a diff- you know, in the braking and the yeah. downforce that it had. He says, you know, hit the brakes at Sebring at a test, and he's like, oh, wait, I need to get back on the gas. It's just took a while to get used to. Oh, I only um, looked at the brakes, so I didn't even stand on them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you lift off on one of those uh, things yeah. and the oh. amount of drag that they've got slows you down so much. Uh, we're back to green flag racing. We've got an hour and six overall to go. Remember the last 15 minutes of that will be the pro classes only, so the GTD pros and the uh, GT. P cars at the moment in GT, it's the number 32 uh, Mercedes that is the quickest, and that is the team caught of Motorsports. Maxi Gertz has been driving that car, he's in the pits at the moment. Second is Danny Formal in the number 93 car, that's the race's edge. Uh, the race's edge NSX, it was uh. Jeremy, did you, sorry, you were yeah, in my ears there. It was, uh, yeah, it was Michael Grenier at the time in the caught off car. Thank you. 
So for, we had some quicker times in uh, in GTP um, just before the race. Ago. Yeah, uh, uh, it was uh, it was actually Westy who went fastest at one thirty five point one eight five. That's faster than anybody went this morning. Uh, 135.185. Second fastest is the number zero one uh, Cadillac. That was Scott Dixon. It's Scott. It's Sebastian Bourdais driving it now. It was Dixie that did the 135.5. Oh, wow. So after uh, we said he was out of position, yeah. he clearly was listening on one of 7.9 well, and went up the seventh and then went up the second. Well, they let, they let, yeah, let him go there. They let him out of the pits to get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he started a little bit, little bit after the, the other guys. But it's now Cadillac one two three because number 31 car is third fastest. It was Jack Aitken who set the 135.556. I've been then, impressed with him, actually. I was yeah, impressed yeah. with him at the weekend, the way he went about his work yeah. at the role. You know, we, we know what Jack can do in various forms of motorsport, yeah. but all of these cars are new to everyone, regardless of how much uh, how much experience you've you've got in or not in sports cars. Yeah, and he, you know, he got a fair bit last year, didn't he, in, in, uh, in, in Europe? Uh, he's, uh, he's only the other time racing in this country was uh, uh, about a decade ago when he did some pro master racing did the winter series oh really yeah Barber Motorsports Park he was at and it might have been New Orleans I can't remember that year uh, but uh, yeah I hadn't seen him since then actually so it was kind of fun to ca- catch up a little bit uh, yesterday or the day before uh, really nice guy really good head on his shoulders uh, worked super hard to get where he is I mean he, Back then, he was thinking about potentially pursuing a career in North America. Then decided to, you know, go back to Europe and, and really focus on that. And you know, got himself all the way up to, to a Formula One test drive, didn't he? So, uh, hats off to him for that. Uh, and, uh, and and now you know, he's really enjoying this opportunity with the Cadillac team and, and very much enjoying driving these cars as well. And already showing good pace in this session again. It's, it's so cool to see all these cars so closely matched again now in this session here. You're the top uh, seven cars in GTB separated by less than three quarters of a second. The International Horseshoe has claimed another victim. Tick that one off. It's the Lance Wilsey-driven Sean Creech motorsport car right in front of a Cadillac and the Corvette. Everybody else. And everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think just over-exuberant use of the right-hand pedal there for... Lance, I don't think there was anything more sinister, no, indeed not, uh, in that. We've seen a number of people losing cars at turn three, and all, I I think it was, it was Elio Castro Neves last night at the the fan festival at One Daytona, which was very well uh, attended. Thank you to all of you who came over. Um, he thinks turn three on cool tyres is going to be the graveyard of a number number of cars. He said, well, "You if, are if not the pit lane exit." Well, pit lane. Simon, I asked that Simon Pashner. said, "Simon said the pit lane's not so bad now because the True, pit the lane RFID. speed limit is all the way around." He said, "When it used to be just going into the left hander and you came off, then the car would snap sideways." And he said, "I don't even want to think about that. What that would be like now." coming out with, yeah. with super cool tyres in the middle of the night. But um, it was uh, Elio that was saying, look, you know, I mean, Elio is a master on cold tyres as well. And he said, you're surviving for a, a lap or so. We've Whoops. got a car in the wall, and uh, that uh, oh, is... the Proton car. It is yeah. the Proton 55. Competition yeah. 55. This is coming out of the Le Mans chicane. It's in the safer barrier. Uh, Francesco Pizzi. And just 
recently got in that car. He's wiped out the rear wing, the front left-hand side bodywork. And uh, he was okay through the first two parts. And then, oh, just lost the back end coming through the final part of the chicane oh. when he sort of needed to be going straight across the curbs on the uh, right-hand side and then to the left. Just held on to the lock a tiny bit too long. The car was just drifting and just needed to ease out of the lock or get to the left-hand lock. Car undulating on the bumps as well. And that's going to be a lot. Well, do you know what? I've said, oh, no, no, left rear. I was about to say, so long as the left rear suspension is all right, and Ooh, it isn't. Sorry. And that might well be gearbox as well, Jeremy. Yeah, heavy shunt there for, for PZ. Uh, 18 years of age from Rome in Italy. He's been uh, come up through the ranks in, in the Italian Open Wheel Series. And uh, for, coincidentally, the, the day I saw his name on the, on, well, the, the yeah, when I saw his name on the entries for this one, he's one of the, he was one of the last drivers to be nominated in that number 55 car. That same morning, I'd just been looking at his bio because he's going to be driving this year in the US, USF Pro Championships in the USF Pro 2000, the, the old uh, 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 Indy Pro 2000 series. He's going to be doing that this year uh, as a full-time, on a full-time basis. We're looking to make his future here in North America, the young Roman, but that's a... Uh, yeah, that's a heavy shunt there. Let's take the opportunity to grab some more drivers as it goes quiet. And I'll say it right now, thanks to our recovery crews, safety crews, all of our flag marshals, and indeed all the volunteers around the circuit, whether you're diverting people into car parks, checking passes or whatever. The good news is Francesco Pizzi is out of the car. He looks like he might be a little bit winded, just stretching himself out there. The EMR safety crew, Porsche intervention vehicles, and the IMSA Chevy safety, safety trucks all there. Let's check in with Joe Bradley, first of all. I've got a chance to speak to Patrick Gallagher for the first time this weekend. The 96 liquid Molly BMW. Patrick, we're just watching the footage there of that LMP2 car going through the Le Mans chicane. And you guys make it look easy because you just get through there. But it's not as easy as you make it look. That can happen to anyone, can't it? Yeah, certainly. It's a tricky corner, uh, high-speed corner. And... You know, the curbs there, especially in the prototypes, uh, are a bit trickier than our car. You just have to take care of the, the bottom of the car over 24 hours. But certainly one of the most tricky corners on the track. And, uh, you know, just hope he's all right. Is that is that because the car is going at such a high speed, you're changing direction? And it also looks a bit bumpier than it normally does. Uh, am I right? Is it is it any different? Yeah, I mean, we did the track walk and it looked the same. But, you know, the ground moves and... And you really don't know it. It does feel bumpy this year. Um, our, our car, you know, the BMW is really solid through there. So, uh, you know, that's a testament to the guys at Turner and BMW. But uh, cer certainly feels a dif little different than last year. But, you know, last year I was in a different car, so it should feel a little bit different. Yeah, I expect so. I get the feeling pretty much the whole of this pit lane. Everyone's just working to a program this afternoon. Are you guys doing the same, everything? you got a jobs list and you're ticking the boxes? Yeah, you know, the guys at Turner Motorsports are doing the thing. We ripping some laps here and uh yeah just working through our program trying to make the car better um you know i'm trying to get settled in over here uh just super excited to be here with such a great team um so yeah just going through the run list when you are on with such a great team does from your perspective um how bad is or how, how, how much pressure are you feeling to do a good job yeah i mean i always feel pressure to do a good job probably mostly internally than anything else um but the guys here have been great at getting me up to speed, getting me with the program, how they operate things. 
uh, making it really easy on me. So in terms of pressure, uh, there's always pressure to do your best. Um, but it's a long race. We've got to keep the car clean and, you know, really just stick with it and, uh, and keep going. Um, but they, they've really been uh, very helpful, all my teammates, getting me, getting me to where I need to be uh, in the car. So you're a young driver, Patrick. Um, you, you know, you're with some very experienced. Robbie Foley comes to mind. How how much direction, how much input do you have in the debriefs? And, and for instance, you know, the race strategy looking towards the weekend. Do you basically just do as you're told from the engineer? Uh, no, I mean it's really involved. You know, I've I've been doing this a long time in a lot of different cars, uh, all the all the way from stock cars to MX5 Cup, a GT4 stuff, GT3 stuff. So. Um, you know, it's good to, to see my input line up with, with some of these guys that have been around forever. Uh, certainly learning from them and what this car wants. But, yeah, uh, definitely have input on, on everything. And, um, you know, these guys, I've worked with the engineer before in a prior program. So uh, that certainly helps coming in, knowing some familiar faces. You know, me, Robbie and I were roommates and way back when. So uh, it, I do know the people over here. So it's not totally just getting tossed into to the deep end. And that helps, I would imagine, if you're an engineer, you know him, you've, you trust him, they've got credibility, we know Robbie Foley has, and your other teammates, that helps, I would imagine. Oh, certainly, you know, a uh, familiar face always helps, and, uh, you know, these guys are really, really good, and just, just trying to, uh, you know, do my part to, to deliver what I can. And going towards the weekend, 24 hours race, it's, you know, we know the physicality of it, of, of any 24-hour motor race, uh, especially around here, the Daytona Motor Speedway. What sort of preparation will go into, what sort of, what will your day be like tomorrow, for instance, when you haven't got much track time at all? Yeah, just going to try and sleep good the next couple nights. You know, I got my uh, my sleep tracker trying to, to get the good recovery and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, staying hydrated, staying, you know, remembering to eat. It's It's not, you know, not something you do all the time uh so remember to eat and get just trying to sleep uh i think will be the biggest thing and you know getting a good night friday night uh so to kind of carry you through to the sunlight sunday morning thanks patrick best of luck mate have a great weekend thanks talk about patrick gallagher and his he's got a great story he's worked so hard talk about that in a moment i just had a couple of uh tweets actually on at imza radio um to ask if we've got any more news on Lucas Auer, who ended up in the wall at the end of the uh, last session in the 57 Winwood car. That car uh, was uh, particularly badly damaged at the front end, and we haven't heard anything from the team as to the, the condition of the car. The situation with Lucas is that he was taken to the... Uh, the infield care centre and has gone to a local hospital that's all we have at the moment we'll give you some more news uh, from uh, Winwood and Lucas Hours on Lucas Hours condition uh, as soon as we get it from the team so uh, Patrick Gallagher uh, some, some better news there Jeremy that he's here and he has worked and worked and worked and done things that most drivers never dream of doing to get himself uh, to where he is right now. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, he's you know, he's a, a perfect example. You know, he and sort of Stephen McAleer really are sort of similar sorts of stories. Yeah. I mean, they come from you know humble backgrounds. Uh, Patrick, uh, he's from uh, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. Uh, you know, he started off open wheel racing. 
never really had the money to do anything at, at a you know, really top level. But he's kept plugging away. He's got these coaching gigs. He's met a lot of people, communicated well, networked, done all the right things. And here he is now uh, aboard a car like this with a season-long opportunity in GTD. It's fantastic. He did, what, three races last season with the Crucial Motorsports McLaren in the Imswear Tech Sports Car Championship. Now to have a full-time ride for him, I'm just thrilled for him. He's just a really good young man. Just amazing. He's 30 years old now, which I have a hard time believing because it seems like only day before yesterday he was knocking on the door trying to get started in open wheel. But, yeah, hats off to Patrick Gallagher, and he's going to be a strong addition to this team, I am sure. While the red flag cleanup continues down here on the pit lane with WeatherTech Racing and Jules Gunyan. Jules, you were just over the wall talking to Danny Juncadea, your full season co-driver in WeatherTech. I'm never going to get sick of saying that because you guys are here for the full season. What were you talking about during this red flag? Uh, we were talking about what kind of food we're going to go for tonight. <laughs> no, like kidding. Just talking about the, the balance. We are trying different stuff on the car right now that we want to to prove or to be sure to take on for the race, especially break-wise. So Danny is doing this testing right now, and then Cooper is going to jump in, and then I'm going to jump in. So uh, quite a lot of red flag today, but still good testing, and we are really at the last point before the race, so you want everything to feel perfect before the race. With the car that got pole position, how hard do you push during these days of practice? Well, I think the, the let's say, the mojo from Mercedes-AMG was to say to IMSA, we're going to push flat out and show our true pace during the whole uh, roar and during quali to, uh, to really show what we can do. And I think it's uh, how it should be. You know, sometimes uh, some people criticize BOP or not, but in Mercedes, we always show what we can do. And you never see in the race that we are gaining a, a lot of time. And I think it paid off in Europe to do that because then the... The series and the BOP person are always trusting you because you always show what you can do. But at the end, I don't want to be involved in BOP or stuff. I'm paid to drive, not to think, let's say, on the BOP side. So our goal is always to go flat out, and uh, then we trust IMSA because I think they are doing a great job on that side. As you can hear, the green flag is back out. And that was our first interview with Andorran driver, Joel Gunyan. Jules, thanks. Good luck. Thank you very much. See you. Uh. Do you know what? I bet he really was talking about where they're going to go for food tonight. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's quite a late finish uh, this evening. The session runs from uh, 7.15 to 9 o'clock, doesn't it? Yeah. So it will be quite a, a late finish this evening. Uh, not a huge amount of time between the end of this session at 5.05 uh, and the start of the session on when you need to be back in it's sort of 7 o'clock-ish so it'll be 5.30, 5.45 before you're cleared after debrief possibly even 6 o'clock and uh, the teams will want to be back on pit lane sort of around 7 o'clock so not a huge amount of time maybe the opportunity for a cheeky little late dinner tonight and, and that session tonight Jeremy really important because it is the opportunity to run the low temperature Michelin slick tyre SLT for low temperature SHT for high temperature um, you can't choose how many you've got of each that's allocated to you uh, and the times that which you can use those low temperature tyres you can use the high temperature tyres anyway uh, but there's a window in the race where you'll be able to, to use it and a window in this evening's uh, night practice to to test those tires out and see what the cars are going like 
on them. Yeah, and it's they got uh, 12 sets of tyres uh, f- total for the for the entire week uh, of those SLT tyres. But you can only run those, as you say, uh, when uh, at certain times it's been designated during this night session. You can run them, and then in the race between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. 8 a.m. Uh, you don't have to run them at those at those times. Uh, but you cannot run them in any other times. Yes. That's um, the important thing. But, you know, tyres are certainly limited, so I don't expect a lot of running tonight. Uh, and don't forget, um, they've used some of their tyre allotment uh, during the Raw yeah. as well, because um, at least they would have used some of those tyres if it hadn't been raining in the nighttime session, because they were allowed to use them in that nighttime session. It was too wet for them to do so. What we don't know, um, although Michelin and IMSA do, as do each individual team, um, is who used what and who's got what left. Uh, All the tyres have RFID chips in them, which are red every time they leave the pit lane, so uh, Michelin and IMSA know uh, exactly how many laps are on each set of tyres on each car as they go out of the pit lane. Yeah, and generally speaking, you know, for the last several years, there's just been a single speck of tyre for whatever the category is. It's a shame we don't have uh, different sidewall colours for the for the softer tyres here, like we do in some of the other. Oh, series. that's a great idea. Uh, that would have been uh, kind of nice. Michelin. Touch, but, uh, yeah, but uh, I wonder if they've no, got any sidewall paint that can yeah, quickly yeah. slap a slap some blue blue sidewalls for the low temperature and red sidewalls for the for the high temperature. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm but giving you that one, Michelin. It's 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 so cool. it's so close now. And Peter McKay just pointed out to, to me just a few minutes ago, you know how close it is. We talked about it a little while ago. There's seven tenths of a second covering the top uh, seven cars here, but it's only four tenths covering the top six. And in fact, from second through sixth, uh, is covered by less than a tenth of a second. Uh, and that's all, all all four brands: Cadillac, Porsche, Acura, and BMW. That's absolutely amazing how tight it is in there. That's proof of GTP concept right there yeah. in a in a in yeah. a nutshell, isn't it? Hello to Rich Bernard on site in his usual spot car. by the Ferris wheel. Good to have your company on site through the shortcut the for MRS. the it, this car, MRS car. Yeah, this, the 43 MRS car had, is showing on our from race control. It had contact with the 92, which is the uh, Thubrul uh, Skincare Happy Buddha Riley Kelly Moss Porsche. In that, in some order, <laughs> which is now coming. In, uh, the happy Buddha uh, is not happy. Is not happy. Is coming into pit lane. That car. Oh, that looks moment, like it's damage. Uh, driven by David Brule, uh, the Br- car owner. Brule. Brule. Excuse me. My apologies. Uh, I thought uh, there was damage to the right rear of that car. I'm, I'm wrong, but there is. Is there a bit of smoke coming out the the right front of that tyre? Has uh, he? Where's he pulled it damage in front on of the front of that car? Isn't yeah, there? there is damage. Let's have a, a look through the uh, little bit of bodywork deranged on the front, and that's where they've got a look. Very distinctive car. This is, uh, it's great to see another team from the IMSA paddock coming into the big short. And uh, Victoria Thomas and the rest of the Kelly Moss racing team will see them with their multiple entries again in. Porsche Carrera Oops. Cup and off for the oh. NTE Lamborghini the number 42 car and that's hit the tyre wall that is again 
That's uh, Keron Lee, and that again is the Le Mans chicane. It's now, basic. this is the, the wind today, such as it is, is coming in off the ocean, so he's behind the cars into turn one, and not as it was the other day, causing issues through the chicane. Ooh. That again is just, that's a big impact onto those tyres in front of the concrete, and that again is, is a bumpy surface. Um, I've noticed it a couple of times. Well, amazingly, the tyres have done their job. Oh, he's pulled out right in front of the wind's car. Right in front of, was it the wind's car? Was it the 35? Might have been the 35 prototype. I thought it was 18 era, but... Uh, Yeah, that was right there as well. You're right. It's amazing. Number one, he's even able to drive it out of the tyres. That was a hefty, hefty thump. Hefty thump, wasn't it? The good news is he hit it absolutely flush. Well, I think uh, with the uh, it was the right-hand side of the car that hit it. Right-hand side suspension damage, and he's driving it with right lock on it. So there's uh, steering damage. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, I I noticed at the raw that uh, just after the first apex, as you turn in through the left-hander, there seems to be a nasty bump, and some cars are affected more than others. And then just as you come through the second-to-last apex, the the right-handed part before you come back onto onto the speedway, there's another nasty bump. Now, Karong, I think, is going to do well to get that car back. He's I can't see that. What's the oh, point? He's yeah, he's What's he's the point of driving it back that fast? It's ridiculous, quite frankly. He's got uh, an awful lot this of... This is not the race. No, no. Awful lot of lock on. Yeah, and, and just causing more damage. Yeah. That's because, yeah. You know, that's not very bright, quite frankly. He was lucky that that car didn't snap up and go up into the fast lane. The right rear suspension is broken. He's got an element of, of rear steering there. Lots of Didn't lots to try to the balance gallery, it. He? Uh, you know, he's coming back to the pit. It's He's beyond the cutout as well, so they're just going to have to push that car back anyway on the pit lane speed limit. The impact so severe that it's popped out the window Has he on, his pit? on the left-hand side. Uh, on the right-hand side of the car, I think he, the struggle he's, is he's that he's got s- so much lock-on that he couldn't get it onto the inside. He's now parked at a almost 90-degree angle. And they're going to... I don't think they can get the... Oh, yes, they can just get the air hose onto it. They'll stick the dollies underneath it and get it out of harm's way. 43 minutes exactly to go. Uh, 57, 56, 55. Uh, The 43 MRS car has just been uh, involved in an incident with the, that was the prototype, uh, with the number 92 Porsche GTD car. Joe Bradley has sauntered down to MRS to get the news. I just, I just got an image of me sauntering there when you said that. Yeah, I'm down at MRS. The car's going to go straight behind the wall after what was clearly a bit of contact there. The uh, the whole team have cleaned up. James French is still loitering here. I've just sort of trapped him to talk to me. James, um, quite a surprise to find yourself here in the 43 car, I think. Yeah, very, uh, very pleasant surprise at that. Uh, I was uh, working with our, our neighbours in pit lane with Fast MD uh, for a couple of days. And uh, the circumstance came up with uh, Alex Vogel, who was the, the bronze-rated driver in the car. 
um, where he wasn't feeling like physically comfortable and didn't, didn't have quite the fit he wanted. Um, so Eric Birch, my manager, made the decision to, to kind of exchange us for, for the seats. And uh, of course, I'm very thankful for that uh, to MRS and him for making that happen and uh, yeah, having a blast so far. So tell me, I've, I've, not, I've not met you before. What experience are you bringing? Uh, so the first time I did this race was in 2015. So I did it in 2015 through 2018 uh, with Performance Tech Motorsports, our other, our other neighbors. Um, so we were able to win in 2017, which was awesome, in the last year of the PC class. And then, um, yeah, we ran it. The last time I ran it was in 2018 with the combined prototype class, which was incredible. And uh, but yeah, I haven't run run this race since, so very happy to get back. What's your thoughts on the LMP3 car? What's your thoughts on the LMP3 as a car and a class? It's a great car, honestly. I, I love the, uh, the kind of the spec class racing. It's a bit more more equal, and you don't have to fight any uh, yeah any politics. It's it's all about setup and engineering and teamwork, and that that's how I like it to be. So four wheels and a steering wheel isn't it James I can see you this guy I've got to tell you has never stopped smiling uh, since I walked in here James great to talk to you mate great to have you here uh, welcome back to the pit lane for Nick Damon who is with Ed Jones Where, which uh, garage is that at uh, Nick it's the number 20 high class racing uh, um, they've had a couple of spins in that car any damage Ed, I mean, it's been a kind of a um, active session for your car. A couple of spins, any damage? Uh, no damage, I don't think. Um, I haven't jumped in yet. I'm just going to do a few laps at the end. Um, but it's been a tough day so far. We had a few issues in the first session, so we struggled there. But I think the car's a lot better now, and uh, looking forward to seeing how it is when I get in later. We've seen quite a few instances happening around the track, especially at the uh, Le Mans chicane. Is it very difficult if the wind gets behind the car? Is it, are they very easily unsettled, these cars? Yeah, for sure. Um, when the wind changes, especially around our oval, it always makes a huge difference, in the oval section anyway. Uh, I think you know, conditions as well and the sun coming down now, I'm not sure how the vision is exactly, but um, that always plays a part. And everyone's just pushing really hard. Not much time left before the race now, and everyone's trying to extract the most they can and maybe a little bit too much. So, what's your? Obviously, you're here for Daytona. What's your? What's your plan for this year? We know, obviously, you've run in various classes and various races during the year. What are you looking to do? Yeah, at the moment, I'm doing the full IMSA season in LMP2, and then there's a few other things going on, which um, you know, hoping to do the Indy 500 as well. But um, still, things in play and, and nothing confirmed. So, just working on various aspects and trying to race as much as possible. One question I have is, as you are now racing as an Emirati, how come you ever turn up at the Dubai 24 hours and race? Well, I did it once, but the problem is it's always so close. I know some guys do both, but it's always been so close to uh, Daytona 24 hours once I got into sports car racing. And so in the future, it's something I need to do again. Um, and it's been frustrating. I haven't been there. Great stuff. Thanks, Ed. Good to hear his voice yeah. again. Uh, we're going to send Nick down to... RLL to find out what's going on with the BMW M Hybrid V8. Um, it seems as though that one car is out, one car is in, and, and they're not, Jeremy, turning an awful lot of laps there. It, that that, that yeah. may be planned, but let's find yep. out. Oh, quite, exactly. Just nine laps each for those two uh, uh, BMWs. All, it was the 25 the G- that had the G- misfire this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, which we didn't actually... Yeah, we didn't find they they had a plug either. change to try and uh, sort that out. Yeah. That was that precipitated our chat about prices Just, of, uh, of back, spark Back plugs. to Ed Jones there and the, the high-class racing uh, Oracle chassis. You used to talk about different colours on that car. 
uh, that compared to last year. So that's because it's a different car. This, the car they're running this season is the car they ran, that same team ran last uh-huh. year in the Asian Le Mans series. The car they ran over here last year has actually been sold, and that is actually now the Rick Ware rating, car number 51 in this race. Um, uh, the, uh, the race engineer on that high-class uh, team is an old friend of mine, Dave Benbow. Oh, really? This is his uh, 50th year in, in racing uh, for Dave, and uh, he was here uh, at Daytona in the previous era of GTP cars, back with the TWR Jaguars. That was when he, he first came to this race, and I think it was 88. He, it was his first time here at Daytona, 24 hours. Now you're talking. With Tom Walker, <laughs> saw Jaguars. Yeah, that was now, a fabulous the I love those days. Yeah. Right in the middle of the GTP golden age, Absolutely. really. Yeah. At uh, IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch, we've got just under 40 minutes to go. Earl Bamba has been out in the Cadillac. Uh, that car's best of 135.1. Earl's last lap before he put it at 35.6. Uh, that was Richard Westbrook who set that Ooh. lap early on. And again, people running long at turn one. This time... The 87 LMP2 car, the fast MD machine, uh, the LMP3 car, excuse me, the Duquesne. And looks like there's no harm, no foul. That's fourth in the class, actually, that car at the moment. Still to come this afternoon, we've got the first Mazda MX-5 race of the season. The Ida 2023 season gets underway with 30 cars on the grid. Adam and me, John Hindorf, to call that one. Live in sound and vision for you as well. IMSAradio.com, hit the live video button. Uh, also on uh, racer.com and on IMSA.tv. No blocks, no breaks. Uh, we will have side-by-side. We'll have side-by-side-by-side-by-side in that <laughs> one uh, because it will be a draft fest and it will be phenomenal. I, I'm, I am... Honestly, I am not overselling how good that race is going to be. I suspect that one or two people from the other championships who should actually be going for their dinners at that time will be watching instead. Well, last year they did both at the same time. Uh, really? uh, that Last year in the catering area where everyone goes to have their lunch and their dinner, breakfast, etc., the, uh, the Mazda race was on and uh, nobody could even uh, nobody could even pay attention to their food because the, the Mazda race had the entire paddock in, you know, absolutely infatuated, incredible um, uh, amazing Well we were, we've been wondering what's going on with the BMW M Hybrid V8, Nick Damon's end of the pit lane, he's uh, found Philippe Eng from the number 24 RLL run car maybe we'll find out why they're not turning laps. Nick. Hi Philip um, your car 24 sitting on the apron it seems to be um, a lot of small jobs going on what's happening? Um, I, I don't really know exactly what's wrong um, but uh, it's a system related topic um, I'm not so much into into it at the moment but uh, the guy said we're pretty confident that we can back out can go back out soon. You, it seems that, you know, I know obviously we've had a few red flags today, which has been disappointing, but also it seems you found it hard to get these cars, either car, to run. Is it indicative of issues or just bad luck today? I think it looks like it's not not the day of many of many cars today, um, but of course with 
uh, with all the technology that it's uh, that is in the cars. Um, it's so difficult to have them consistently running. But luckily, we have all those uh, clever people sitting on our pit stands, um, and they they are making sure that, it, that they run without any problems. You had a few days off in between the roar and today. Do you think the team made progress during that gap? Or one hundred percent. We are learning with every meter. Uh, we improved the car uh, quite a lot in terms of balance, uh, drivability compared to last weekend. We did many good steps um, and the car reacted the way we expected it to react. So that's a positive on its own. And I'm just happy to be here and uh, sharing this great experience with my teammates. You've, um, you've driven in a number of factory programs. I mean, are you, are you surprised that all the factories are having problems getting these cars to run? I don't know if I'm surprised, but uh, just given the fact that the cars are so complex and so technical, with so many systems working together in once, um, I think it's just a very difficult beast to handle at the moment, but it's the same for everybody. We're sitting in the same boat, and the one who does the best job wins in the end. But when when these things are running well, is, is it a fun car? Is it a good car? Oh, man, it's... Unbelievable! The cars are so much fun. They are so fast. Uh, I think I've never been as quick uh, top speed wise in a race car before. Um, the cars have good downforce. They also behave quite well in slow speed corners. Um, the braking efficiency is great. It's the pure stopping power. So I'm enjoying every lap and every meter and I, I can't wait for the start of the Rolex 24. Thanks, Philip. Thank you. Nick Tierman answering some of the questions about that. Again, how many times have we heard of Jeremy? Just systems-based problems that they're, yeah. they're going through. All new cars, the number 60 car back under uh, on the, the pit lane. And whilst Nick was having that conversation, the 24 BMW went behind the wall. So still not quite where they want to be. Interesting what uh, Philip Eng said there, Jeremy, about top speed of these cars. Yeah, I mean, they are significantly faster than the DPI cars uh, that have preceded them for the last six years. Uh, these, the, they topped out here about 191 miles an hour. Uh, these cars are getting over 200. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. a good 10 miles an hour quicker. Good 10 miles an hour faster. Wow. And, and they're not nearly as fast through the corners as the older cars, because they've got less downforce than the uh, DPI cars. They're bigger, they're 200, pounds heavy, 200 plus pounds heavier, 100 kilos, so 220 yeah. pounds heavier than the older cars. So they come out, but the, when they come out of the corners, they light it up and they go. The, and by the time they get to the end of the straight, they are flying. The, so yeah, the, so the braking areas are... Uh, so, so they're making their lap time in a very different way to the yeah. outgoing DPIs, yeah. when we consider that how close... The, the ultimate lap time was from Tom Blomqvist on that, that one and done yeah. qualifying lap last last Sunday. That's very, very yeah, interesting. Uh, Joe Bradley is uh, is pounding the GT area and he's with the Triazi Competizione Ferrari 296 GT3 team and Alessio Rivera. Uh, this new Ferrari looks fabulous, I've got to say. Told you you'd um, like it. There was... Um there was a quite a conversation going on there with your engineer. What are you guys searching for? Yeah, for sure, we are searching uh, performance. This for sure, uh, because the car is brand new. Uh, we had a lot of testing during last year, but uh, of course the the team uh, the car is new for all the teams. 
and so it's important to give uh, advice and have a long conversation with the engineer to find the right compromise uh, between uh, speed on the straight and grip in the corners. And uh, yeah, we, we come from the 488, that was an incredible car, super fast, reliable, and uh, we are working on it. Is it an improvement on the previous GT3 iteration? Yeah, for sure, uh, it's, it's a new car, uh, seven years younger than the 488. For, for sure it's an improvement, but as I said before, we have to work on the setup, it's uh, quite long. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be a long race, and as ever, the GTD class is going to be one about basically staying out on track the longest. This being a new car, this being a brand new car, uh, albeit a Ferrari, are the team worried about that aspect of things? Unfortunately, the GTD class is a, a super competitive class with a lot of drivers, a lot of manufacturers, uh, fast lineups. And uh, yeah, we have to try to manage uh, all the 24 hours. This is the first goal to arrive at the end. And then, uh, yeah, drive as fast as you can and uh, may, uh, do a lot of kilometers. Does it take a, a very similar way to drive the car as the 488 did? It's quite similar, but the cars are uh, different, so uh, there are a few changing, changes in the driving style. Um, so also for uh, us as drivers, we have to adapt a bit on this car, and then I think this is normal. And uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm quite confident with, the car, with this car, easy to drive. Uh, also for the bronze driver, I think it's a really nice car, and uh, so uh, I'm happy. Grazie, Alessio. Prego. Alessio Rivera and Joe mm. Bradley, that car, I mean, it is, if, if you were winning on looks, the Ferrari's won. The Ferrari for me has, and, I, and I, you know how much I love my Porsches, but it's just, it, it, it is just such a... Great overall design for me, Peter. That car. It's very pretty. Yeah, very pretty car. Um, and it, it's interesting that the race car, of course, by GT3 regulations, uh, it's not a hybrid, but the, the street car is. It is. Uh, and and actually, I mean, that's quite interesting. But taking a closer look at these GTD cars this morning, they're kind of like little baby GTLM cars. The aero they have, particularly on the diffusers, was what really. The caught baby, my eye the baby prototype uh, well yeah I mean the manufacturing techniques now I mean uh, speaking to you know some of the guys like the Porsche RSR for example was very much you know prototype style uh, manufacturing techniques so they are they, 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 it continues to go on but as as Jeremy rightly pointed out earlier the, there is a cost involved in that yeah. <laughs> uh, you know this, uh, when we're talking about the, the spark plugs as well just a, a, a note of mention Kenny Habel in the number 75 Sun Energy 1 um, Mercedes, it's definitely the easiest car to spot out on track with its metallic blue um, he set a 146.6 uh, which is very close to the top of the timesheet, it's just you know three or four tenths, he's the bronze driver in that yeah. car um, and you know, he, he's maybe not a, a bronze driver, people obviously talk about Ben Keating as the benchmark amongst the bronze drivers, but Kenny of course he's won the Bathurst 12 hours overall last year yeah, yeah. So, it was a pro-am uh, race last year uh, when go, sorry yes but he still he was there at the end and had to, had to win the race later yeah. in the year as well so yeah. a lot more darkness um, because the, the times <clears throat> had changed that was the 61st entry of course we mm. had 60 cars on the list that, that was the 61st we were hoping to have Will Power in, in that car but uh, uh, he 
his uh, wife hasn't been very well, so rightly he prioritised that, and we wish Will and the family uh, all the best there. Um, but the cart is in, uh, and it has absolutely last weekend and now this week, Jeremy. That's that Sun Energy 175. That's absolutely justified its place within the field. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah, and the Mercedes have been—they've been fast, haven't they? They're looking really good for, I that's think, the, that's, for the that's, weekend. That's, Mercedes must be the oldest GT3 car now, isn't it? In terms of of the homologation. Possibly. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. The, yeah. There was an Evo in 2020, I think. Would that have been the last iteration of it? Probably. Yeah. Uh, 19, 19, uh, 19. 19 was it? 19. Yeah, yeah. Last year. When they went to the yeah. big, when they went to the big grill, didn't yeah. they? That's right on that yeah. car. Also in GTD Pro, by the way, we the number 64 team TGM Aston Martin went out for the first time just a few laps ago. Hugh, I think it was I think it was Matt Plum actually did uh, a handful of laps and uh, immediately turned a. a, a, a you got up into the charts. I think he's fourth fastest in GTD Pro, 147.0 for uh, for Matt. He's now handed over that car to Ted Giovannis, the uh, bronze driver for that team, the oldest driver in the race. He's uh, going to have some fun now at the wheel of that number 64, Aston Martin. So the only cars we haven't seen in this session, or well, the only car we haven't seen and we don't expect to see, is that Windward Racing Mercedes that crashed heavily this morning, a lot of damage to that car. To find out what the prognosis is for, for getting back in underway again. But the other car that's presumably had a problem is the Andretti Autosport car number 36, the LMP3 car. Jared Andretti did three laps early on. That's the last time we've seen that car, so not quite sure whether that is planned. Um, and maybe they're just waiting now for the night session. I, I've got a missing Porsche as well yes. for Nick to go and find out about it is the number six 963 uh, I'm looking down into their garage now which is bar one person completely bereft of ensuring uh, is on an outlap oh is it yeah oh right okay so Don't maybe it has just up. gone out then uh, I've got it shut yes you're right Matt Campbell's just taking that car out okay so I've got the conflicting information on uh, two different oh that says out not pit Hind off, get your eyes tested. Right, forget well, uh, that. Uh, Number uh, seven's fine. And there's just an improvement <laughs> for in uh, another of the Mercedes in GTD Pro. Number 79 car has just gone uh, significantly quicker. Is now second overall in GTD, right behind the number 32 car. That's, that's the number 13 AWA LP3 cars pulled off uh, the exit NASCAR turn four before the pit lane entrance. I think it's number. 13 car, but um, number 79 car then Jules Gunion 146.400. That's uh, bet that time has been bettered yeah. only by the number uh, 32 car, and it was red flag coming time? here, I think. It was Michael Grenier set that yes. time early on. Uh, Ori Fadani behind the wheel of the third place, yellow and black, number 13. Uh, it's decaying, isn't it, with that nose? Yeah. yeah. Mr. Uh, Kindoff, as soon as you said that, the colour on our timing screen changed. Mm. Red flag. I don't ah, think it would be... Oh, uh, you... Three-fingered salute <laughs> with the control alt delete and Orifidani <laughs> gets it going and the makes it to pit lane. So this will be very, very quick indeed. 22 minutes and 23, 22, 21 seconds to go. So well done to the team and to Ori. Uh, in 
potentially in harm's way there coming off speedway turn four but was very cool calm obviously getting some assistance over the radio uh, press button a don't press button b uh, multi 21 we've all had that call from anyone who's ever worked in an office we've all had that call from it when the yes the, the poor technicians trying to do their best not to sort of sigh at your incompetence with the with the with the tool in front of you it's Correct. like have you tried this mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yes whatever so you they br- did it worked they got so you've, you've brought up the menu now. yes this left th- click it says don't right click on a don't right oh you've right clicked on it have you got a blue screen now yes okay uh, unplug it from the wall put it back in its box and send it back to the manufacturer because you shouldn't have one of those it's too complicated for you uh, well Ori did listen and execute and he's got it back into the pit lane um, we're going to do a little bit of debris collection during this red flag um, I don't think that that is from Ori's car that looked to just be dead stick they're, I mean they're doing fairly mundane things like to me they're checking the tyre pressures at the moment yes that's exactly what they're doing on the left hand side of that car Peter they'll be happy, happier to they'll be ch- check all the tyre pressures you want if it means not repairing anything well <laughs> yeah. <doing> so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the third red flag of this session after a pretty clean and clear uh, raw weekend we do seem to have been plagued Jeremy with um, more incidents and accidents and uh, maybe I jinxed it last weekend when I said we hadn't had much car on car uh, incidents well we've we've had a few people coming together in various parts of the circuit the good news that we, is that we do have now nine GTPs which is the full GTP field in positions one to nine then all the P2s are together all bar one of the P3s then come uh, the eight. There's nine of those, isn't there? So which is the one that's missing? Oh, it's the Andretti car, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Jeremy, so you were talking about laps, yeah. Right, we need to get uh, somebody down to the 36 pit. It's not in the pit, is it? So uh, at the moment, let me see if I can... I don't think it is on the pit lane. It's a fairly distinctive car being... Um, mainly black and white so I think that car might be behind the wall Uh, just under five minutes to go for P2, P3 and GTD and then with a bit of luck and a fair wind we'll see what the GTDs and the GTD pros rather and the GTP cars can do so not a great time for that BMW to go behind the wall I think Nick's gone off walkabout to try and find out what was going on. Nick, where are you? I'm with it. Oh. <laughs> You've always been with it, Well, love. you know... You've always it's, been there. Uh, any, <laughs> well, you know, with it is me. I'm absolutely right on trend of 1976. Excellent. Uh, where are you exactly? Are you in the garage area? I'm, in the, I'm behind the wall with, flag, with, right? with the uh, BMW. Now, the interesting thing is there are several technicians leaving over the car with a Delara on their jacket. So they're the, obviously the guys who do the chassis. And again... Much like earlier, there's people with bits of wire, and they are very much entirely concentrating on the cockpit area. So it sounds like they've got right. a combination of wiring issues. What? It looks like it's like a, a, a problem actually with the, like I say, wiring loom. That's probably overdoing it. But they are they were chasing problems on the 25, which were wiring based. Now they're chasing more problems that are wiring based. Have they changed the steering wheel yet? Because uh, you know it's turn it off, turn it on. Mm, they've f- tried reboot. that first. 
and then change the steering wheel. Those are the three things you do with, with racing cars nowadays. To, to me, they are wiring in some fibre optics, little fibre optic cables, really thin, delicate cables underneath. They've, they've taken the seat out. They've got some of the other carbon fibre inspection panels out, not stuff you would normally take off in a, today. They've got the, uh, the vehicle safe. That's good news. The big green thing on top saying it's safe, which, of course, you need now with these hybrid cars. Um, so is it fair to it? say, Nick, that in your expert opinion as a man who still wields spanners on his oh, yes. uh, early 1960s uh, British Leyland uh, uh, product? Uh, and my 2000, well, my, my, my stepson's 2011 Fiat Abarth, don't forget. Oh, yes, that's true. I forgot about oh. that. Is it fair to say that this car is likely not coming back for the last 15 minutes when it could be out on track um, on its own, or well, on a fairly thin track, uh, <laughs> on, on its own, giving it a bit of welly? Well, it's obviously electrical so that means it's either fixable in 30 seconds or never so um it's kind of i get i would just say this is my 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 prediction judging by the number of people still leaning over the car and the level of wire threading i go for no i go for no (laughs) well with your uh nick with your uh, experience of um British Leyland products, I'm sure you could be in there. I'm not sure they were using fibre optics on your uh, Triumph TR4AIRS, as I have to give it its, its, full, uh, its full title. Nick Damon uh, in the paddock with uh, the GTP BMW number 24, uh, which is still receiving some remedial work. Joe Bradley, we've got back green, Joe, coming to the end of the uh, P twos, threes and GTDs uh, well that means that uh, the driver that you're talking to her car, being the 66 gradient JG Wentworth car, has only got a couple of minutes more out on the track, just with Catherine Lake Yeah, Kat- Catherine you just told me there you've only done a couple of laps this session, seems to be the case up and down the pit lane, people just working to a programme, is that what you guys have done? Yeah, you know it's difficult with four drivers and only an hour and a half to um make changes with the car with the same driver and then also get everybody through the car so um, with Mario and Mark having the most recent experience they've honestly done the, the most of the setup work uh, but they did let me go out on old tyres for a few laps so I can feel it and uh, yeah I think I think we're in pretty good shape you know Sheena's doing a great job getting up to speed as well it's important that she gets the majority of the time in the car so that she feels as comfortable as possible going into the race weekend so I think the team are honestly approaching everything super methodically in the right way to put us in the best shape for the end of the race. I mean, you're a very experienced driver, uh, Catherine. It's got to be. I'm sorry. Yes, you are that old. Um, so is a couple of laps enough for you to, th- to say to, and, and assess and think, yep, I'm happy with that? I mean, to be honest, I probably got more than just a couple, but um, no, I always want more, right? I'm always like, when they say pit driver change, you're always like, oh man, I wanted to make a few more changes, I wanted to do some stuff, Um, but at the end of the day, the team has to do well as a team, so if all of us are at the best that we can be, then we're going to finish higher up, so it's it's for the good of the team, and I really do believe that they're doing an awesome job kind of predicting what the the best outcome will be dependent on drive time and everything so as a driver you want to do all of it and talking of awesome jobs if anyone hasn't heard it already please i urge everyone to go and listen to uh, our midweek motorsport show this week which turned into the catherine leg and sheena monk show um again drivers taking our job signed off i'll just remind you catherine it's our job to be funny okay mate okay. we do the funnies not you guys well, you-
yeah, but I'm repeatedly told that English people aren't funny, and so I'm trying. Really? Yeah, especially by like the Americans. I guess our sense of it just doesn't resonate. So、um, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to change their opinion. I'm nothing. I've made a career of being funny over here, man. That's why we're still coming. Yeah, but you, you guys are special. <laughs> Oh, special well, is absolutely right. You guys、Catherine. were too good on Wednesday. I'm just going to say, I'm going to walk out in disgust now, Catherine. Catherine Lake,、uh, special is、uh, is a very、uh, apt description, Miss Lake. Thank you very much indeed.、Uh, Giving Ka- as good as she gets there.、Like、oh,、it. as as, <laughs> as all, on the track or on the microphone, exactly the same. Problem for Sean Creech Motorsport, 15th class for the 33 stars and stripes prototype LMP3 car. And that's the Leisure. Oh, and、uh, oh. well, that—that's、oh. an engine or a gearbox that's gone there on the run out. Oh, attention!、Uh, side exhaust on the right-hand side. Oh dear, that is running towards turn six, which leads back on. That'll bring out a red flag. Yes, it has. And there's a line of fluid on the right-hand side of that car. Who was behind the wheel? That was Nolan Siegel、uh, behind. The wheel of that Ligier. So what's this? Red flag four in this session? Yes, it is. Red flag four. I normally keep a note of、uh, of that only in in the races.、Uh, family. Let's、uh, go to Joe Bradley, who is at the Sean Creech pit at the moment. Joao Barbosa, I can see down there. Joe, that's any any news from the from the driver from Nolan Siegel as to what has happened there? Well, Joe is just looking at the screens as we all are. Joe, is any information coming back? Any info coming back from the car? I'm really not sure yet. I haven't talked with the guys here, but、uh, didn't look very well. There was a lot of a lot of white smoke coming out. So I don't know if there's an engine problem or something. Probably. So we、we'll、have to look and see what it is exactly. I suppose getting the engine problem now, rather than Saturday afternoon, is the only positive thing. It's better today than、uh, on Saturday for sure. But I mean, it's、uh, if that's what it is, that's、uh, a lot of long hours for the guys in a time that they don't really need it. But with the work we got to do to get the car back on track. Thanks, Joe. Nolan Siegel, a late addition to that car. Danny Sufi,、uh, not. Driving that car, Jeremy, this weekend. No, but I, I, I bumped into Danny in the paddock earlier、uh, this afternoon. I had a sort of chat with him. It, really nice young man.、Uh, uh, and yeah, I mean, he wasn't slow、no. in, the, in the test last weekend.、Uh, it's just the team felt he probably didn't have enough, enough experience with all that's going on、uh, around you at this sort of an event. He's going to be、it's、part of the team going forward. Very much that, so. That was made absolutely、yes. clear. By the team, yes, and they felt it was very useful to have him do those laps at the weekend, and it's and it's clearly he, he, he didn't seem faced by it. I've、no. got it wasn't as if the car was facing the wrong direction more than it was facing forwards, and that absolutely wasn't the case. No, but、quite. there's clearly been a, a, a wee discussion in the last couple of days between everybody、yeah. concerned there. Yeah, exactly right. But you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big responsibility when you when you're in this race. I mean, this is one of the biggest races in the world. It's one of the most prestigious events in, in on a motor race. In calendar, so you don't want to be the one who's who's not, you know, fully ready for it. I mean, he's done a fair bit of racing over the last few years, but nothing to this sort of standard. Not even really, even really anything close to this sort of standard. So I think that was a smart move by by everybody involved. Just getting some more experience, and then he'll be ready to to do this event. He hopes next year. And as Catherine said, there, Peter, it's about the team. 
Um, you know, you've got four drivers, three or four drivers to get through a, a, a programme and you, you can't be too deverish about this. It, it has to be working for everybody. And, and that 33 Sean Creech car, that's a car in with a chance of a podium or better yeah. here, Peter, isn't it? Oh, hugely so, yeah. I mean, they, they, they ran really well last year. Uh, and, and coming to, to Catherine, I mean, you look at her team, There's in, especially in the GTD class, you've got lots of drivers who they play a different role. Everyone has a role to play. You know, as she mentioned, Sheena, she's getting up to pace very well. Catherine's got a huge amount of experience, especially in that particular car, so she's trying to help uh, the others in the team. And then, of course, they've got Mario Farnbacker, who's a you know, contracted, uh, you know, HPD driver who knows the car better than really anybody on the planet and is faster than anyone on the planet too. Uh, with 10 minutes to go in this session, I've just bumped into Paul Miller Racing's uh, BMW number one, drive, number one driver, number one car, number one driver. Yeah, I've got to say that. Max Martin, uh, Max, uh, busy few weeks for you. Busy whole of January, only two weeks ago, we were talking in Dubai. You've been here a week with the Raw. Here we are getting ready for the Rolex. And then from there... You're jumping on an aeroplane and going to Bathurst for the 12 hours. So um, I think that's called living the dream. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's really nice to be able to to race uh, all January. Uh, it's three different uh, types of races, completely different. But at the end of the day, uh, I think it's always it's always nice to be in a race car. Different teams, different tracks, different countries, different continents. But at the end, uh, yeah, it's always good. 60 hours of uh, racing. I'm not going to check out the amount of flying but it's a lot it's a lot i mean um you know rather rather than talk about that i'd like to talk about the session your session's now done in the number one bmw um are you guys happy so far yeah it's working it's working well it's uh, i mean it was the first time for me to to work with paul miller racing and i have to say the team is uh, very good very well prepared uh, which helps a lot and uh, they, they've done the whole year last year with the car so they know the car quite well and um yeah, the session is going is going okay for sure. There are quite some big gaps, but um, at the end we we do our plan, we do what we can, and uh, we try to prepare as, as good as we can for the race. I'm I'm smiling, Max, because up in the booth they're working out how much flying hours you've got, and up to now we've calculated 46 hours. But hang on, we've got 65 hours for what did we say, John? 60 hours of racing. 60 hours of racing. So it's and kind I think of equal. It'll be it'll be the same amount of time on planes as as the length of the races I, I yeah. reckon I've just I, I got I got to 40 odd and then realised I hadn't I hadn't brought Max back from Australia at that point can you hear him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you, we left you in Australia oh and just lost uh, uh, Jota oh, equal the amount of uh, flying as you have racing uh, but uh, yeah you must love it yeah I mean definitely who who as a professional racing driver would not love it at the end of the day it's uh, it's a passion, first of all, and then, uh, yeah, it's a job, but at the end, uh, yeah, we try to, to live the dream, and we try especially to win races. You're winning so far, mate, tell you. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Yeah, he, in some ways, back uh, back home for Maxime Martin, Peter, BMW in his past, uh, BMW now vacuuming up quite a lot of, of drivers from other manufacturers, as, as particularly Audi. We talk about Audi as the works programme and particularly the GTP programme has has diminished and the, the, the GTP programme has evaporated. Uh, a number of drivers looking for career moves and uh, Mac, Max Martin, one of them. 
Yeah, and I think the BMW getting WRT on board was a huge cue for them. And that, of course, WRT were so synonymous with Audi for so many years, but there was as many drivers who were as loyal to Audi as they were to WRT, it seems. Yeah. And they've kind of come along with... I mean, you look at like Maxime, who's just an absolute demon in, in any race car you put them in. And then you've got Dries Van Tor, who I believe is sort of lingering around the paddock, I understand. I haven't seen him yet, but I've heard he's been in there. And he's the... Um, he's, uh, I think his official title is the reserve driver for the BMW GTP car. And we know that Colton Herta's going to go back and forth between those two. So maybe, I'm sure Dries has got his helmet and hands device with him for sure. But coming back to BMW, yeah, they, they have really kicked on and they've embraced this new uh, era very well. Uh, and look, you know, we've, we've, they've got new product in three different championships today. Uh, the M4 in both Michelin Pilot Challenge and here in IMSA, and then of course the GTP car as well. Brilliant stuff from the boys from uh, boys and girls from uh, from Munich. Uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, no, check that. Yes, Pietro Fittipaldi was the last driver in the 51 Rick Ware Racing LMP2. That's where Joe Bradley is now. And which driver have you got for us to talk to? I've, Joe? I've just been chatting quickly to Eric Lux, and we've just been pondering, haven't we, Eric, about why. Uh, pretty much all day we've been truncated with red flags and people going off. What was our what was our theory? Yeah, it's strange. Usually you see that a little bit more in the roar than at the uh, race week. Uh, we've had a lot of rain, so the track's pretty green. Uh, I think maybe some of the teams are just feeling the pressure to dial in the final setups before the race kicks off. And it doesn't take much when you're pushing it to these limits uh, to have a foot wrong and, and uh, have a mistake. So hopefully everyone settles down a little bit and remembers we have a 24-hour race ahead of us and... Uh, and hopefully on Sunday afternoon we'll be on the top step in the Rick Ware racing car. Um, you've got a pretty strong driver lineup, Eric. Uh, going into a race this long, can you put any emphasis on that? I must, you must feel confident. Well, it'd be nice if Devlin and I can uh, defend the title from last year and uh, leave with another watch. That's, that's the mission. Uh, right now, Rick has given us everything we need, and uh, Robbie Benton as well. We have the great, great team. We have great mechanics, great engineers, solid lineup. What more can you ask for? That's all you need, man. Best of luck. Uh, 60 seconds added to the end of this session just to get, I think, a couple of three laps in. Uh, we've got the heavy hitters heading out. Earl Bamba for Cadillac 0-2. Renger van der Zander for the 0-1 Cadillac. Alexander Sims for the number 31 Cadillac. Nick Tandy in the 6 Porsche. Uh, Philippe Nazar for the number seven car. It's not Renger van der Zander, apparently, because he's within sight of uh, Nick Dern. I've just checked two uh, timing screens, which both has that on, so I'll try and find out who that is for you. Louis Delatraz for Koning Emanolta Acura. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais, I'm told by uh, Nick, who has gone out in the 0-1 Cadillac. Um... And Elio Castro Devers in the 60 Acura. And it's Conor de Filippi and Philip Eng in the two BMWs. Those are the heavy hitters in GTP. And in GTD Pro, Alex Riberas in the Heart of Racing 23, Aston Martin. Tommy Milner in the Corvette number three. Ched Giovannis in the 64 Aston. The Lexus Pro car uh, is the 14 car. That's Mike Conway. And Maro Engel in the number 79 WeatherTech Pro GTD. 
Lamborghinis Jordan Pepper in this number 63 BMW is Chandler Hull in the 95 Turner car Ferrari number 62 Farisi Competizione is James Collado it is Jason Hart and Klaus Backler respectively in the Porsches number 53 and 9 all GTD Pro cars, 10 GTD Pro cars. That is a change from the original published uh, entry list as one or two teams have declared themselves in the uh, in the uh, GTD category. Is, uh, the two uh, <laughs> the two Brazilians, uh, Felipe. Nazar and Elio Castroneves having a bit of a dice through a bit of traffic getting up to space uh, up to speed here with two and a half minutes to go I could see Nazar and Castroneves having a bit of a, a thrash here as the sun begins to just go behind the, the cloud cover a little bit as well I mean it's a beautiful late afternoon here uh, in Daytona and we might just see these two rapid drivers, two of the very top of their craft, uh, putting in some, some quick laps here uh, as as well great signing for Porsche I think Genevieve to, to get Felipe Nazar on board, that was quite a statement for their programme I think Yeah, I mean he is massively talented mm. uh, you, you know, he's, uh, it was a shame we didn't see him on a regular basis last year but uh, you know, mm. he's, he's won championships in pretty much everything he'd ever driven except for Formula 1 where he never really drove for a, mm. a front running car uh, but uh, you know he, he certainly has done in, in sports car ranks, take full advantage of that, and you know he's going to be a, a, a very powerful force this season. Nick Tandy has got clear track. He's going through speedway turn two here at Daytona and heads down towards the backstretch chicane, Le Mans chicane now in a complimentary naming deal that uh, spread between the two great circuits. We've got convergence in the regulations with this GTP category and one of the chicanes at Le Mans now called the Daytona chicane and I noticed as well that uh, the Le Mans chicane on the back straight has now got the uh, Le Mans uh, script on the grass over it exactly as you have on the Porsche curves uh, on the Ford curves rather coming the Ford chicane coming into the uh, Stadium section at Le Mans. All right, we've got 48 seconds left. Who's on a quick lap? Nick Tandy trying to build up speed. Oh, Pimo Durrani uh, with the car's best lap last time around for the wheel and Cadillac on a 135.465. That uh, trims the lead at the front to Earl Bamba's Cadillac to just on three-tenths of a second and still cars having problems Peter at the Le Mans chicane riding the curbs more than I've seen some of these GTP cars there is underbody aero strictly uh, strictly controlled but yeah. they're getting brave on the curbs yeah that's Sheldon van der Linde he's, uh, he's certainly a brave boy isn't he and uh, yeah the bus stop I think you're, you're right with your observation it does seem bumpier this year or uh, and, and also the driver's still trying especially Sheldon he won't have a, as much mileage in the car as maybe some of the other uh, drivers might have as well but whew, yeah just but he caught it very well the car wanted to break away from it but he was right on top of it a proper pro driver and you think the speed the GTP cars are carrying in and the, the length of the braking zone as well they're trying to get all that speed and weight uh, slowed down as well it's a new challenge for these drivers and for Sheldon he's having an enormous amount of prototype experience so yeah just showing that he can uh, he can wheel it in anything checkered flag is out it is indeed last oh, chance 
Nice run through the chicane from Renga van der Zander in the yellow fronted Cadillac, the number one. Now that car looked planted through there. Coming to the chequered flag, we'll pick up a few interviews after this. We've got racing coming up from Intermitsu Mazda MX-5. Checkered flag is raised in the air. Here comes the 0 of 1, and Renga does not improve. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, oh, he does. It yes. Does. Yeah. Wow, 35.427. Yep. Timing screen taking a moment to update there. So Cadillacs 1, 2, and 3. 0, 2, 0, 1 and 31 for the two Cadillac racing cars and the wheel and engine acing. Then the two Porsches, 7 from 6. Louis Delatraz in the number 10. Conning Minolta Acura just goes through and goes to second. Splitting the leading pair of Cadillacs with a 135 423. And still two and a half tenths away and pips Renga van der Zander's time by 0.004 of a second. Jeremy is going to be delighted because the top eight prototypes once again separated Jeremy by seven tenths of a second. Yeah, it is super tight, isn't it? And again, though, even though quite a few improvements there, second through sixth, um, sixth by uh, just over a tenth of a second. Yeah. And uh, in that group, there's Acura, Cadillac and Porsche. Uh, BMW is not quite, but I mean, they're not far off either. And they're not very, relatively few laps in this session. This number 25 car was able to turn some, some 14 or 15 laps towards the end, latter stages there. But the number 24 car, we didn't see it since uh, very early in that, that FP2. Yeah, that car being stripped down. Just want to note uh, as well that the uh, number 79 uh, Mercedes uh, jumped up into second overall yeah, in that, GTD. Yeah, did that a little while ago. We did talk about that a little while right, ago, but okay. uh, that's, that's uh, yeah. And we'll go Mercedes down to WeatherTech in just a moment after we've heard from Nick Damon in the GTP area. Yeah, with the uh, one of the drivers of the car that's top of the time sheet, Richard Westbrook. Um, it's, looking, it's looking pretty good for Cadillac at the moment. Yeah, that was definitely a good session. I mean, you know, we're going to keep getting better and um, more time in the car. We unlock more performance, and uh, it's starting to feel really good, the car, I have to say. It's quite interesting, actually. We, we kind of, um, we've seen a lot of problems with the BMW, a few niggles for the Porsche, but it seems that you and Acura are having more plain sailing. Ah, yeah, but wait, I've, uh, I've been in that situation before. I mean, let's wait till the race, because uh, you're in completely different situations. Obviously, everyone's fighting, and uh, more chance of contact, and... Also, the other little things like spending time behind the safety car that you can't really simulate in on a test day. So there's still a long way to go. A long way to go. Richard, thank you. That's Richard from the Richard Westbrook calls from the O2. In the O1 car at the end, there, it wasn't Ringer Van Zandt. He was smiling at me because he was listening to you saying it, John. It was actually uh, Sebastian Bourdais and a faulty driver switch. Now, up to WeatherTech with Joe. Yeah, it's the 79 WeatherTech Mercedes that heads the GDD Pro timing screen. You must be happy with that, Cooper McNeil. Yeah, it's always nice to see our uh, WeatherTech Mercedes at the top of the timesheets, uh, but it's only practice. So, uh, obviously, we're looking forward to to uh, getting the race weekend started on uh, Saturday, and uh, we'll put it, hoping finishing in the same position on Sunday as we are right now. Uh, obviously, it's a long race, so we've got to stay out of trouble, and it's, uh, as we've seen already today, quite busy out there with a lot, uh, 
a lot of things happening. So um, ho hopefully we just don't get caught up in, in anybody else's mess and, and uh, keep our Mercedes running strong. You know how to win these big races. And is that the key, what you've just mentioned there? Staying out of trouble, staying out of trouble, staying away from other people's mess. Is that the key? Is that the secret? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you can do everything you can do, but uh, at the end of the day, it takes some luck too. Um, but uh, we're qualified on pole last week. Great lap by Morrow. Uh, Mercedes is running strong. Proton is doing a great job. Uh, Mercedes has got a lot of support for us this weekend, so big thanks to them, and we're ready to go racing. What's your thoughts on the event? I, I mean, you know, you've been to Le Mans. You've, you've been a, a part of the IMSA series for a long time now. What's your feeling coming into this new era of sports car racing? We've got the GTPs at the front. Where you guys, you know, GTD Pro is as healthy as you, as you can get, perhaps. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, I think there's a quite a bright future for sports car racing in America. Just as you said, you know, four new prototypes this weekend. Uh, multiple new GT cars uh, and the, some of the best drivers, if not the best drivers in the world. So uh, I think the, uh, the future of uh, sports car racing in America is quite strong and we're, we're happy to be, uh, to be here racing as, as well as a title sponsor here as well. Thanks, mate. Yep, thank you. So there we are. That is IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Practice 2 Cadillac from Acura from two Cadillacs. The two Porsches, the second of the Acuras and the BMW uh, in the top nine and we had the 52 Orica at the top the wins car the 74 Riley of LMP3 uh, uh, the caught off B, the caught off Mercedes and the 79 WeatherTech topping GTD and GTD Pro respectively nighttime practice to come exclusively live here on IMSA Radio this programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.